You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Perception, Perception, the show. All right, we got a big, big show in front of us here today. Uh, Matt, I'm really excited about this, actually, because um, we're going to be talking top 10 rankings today, man. It's going to be a little crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, nothing is better than when you can do a show, you can create content about other people's content. That's when, and then end up creating your own content in, in a way. But that's really when you know you've you've, you've struck gold. Is like, yes, hey, let's do it. Which is, mm-hmm. it was my idea. Like, let's do a podcast on other people's right. content. <laughs> let's yes, do that. Absolutely. Let's <laughs> let's make that happen. Hey, listen. The the Madden ra- the the Madden ratings came out, so it's like an unofficial rankings uh, from the Madden folks. And then Jeremy Fowler on ESPN Plus uh, polled execs coaches and scouts and he's done this whole like top he he, he does it every year but uh yeah he, he, he gets the top 10 at every position you know we're talking quarterbacks inside linebackers you know off ball linebackers safeties all he just does the whole thing and of course he hit wide receivers as well uh some interesting names there uh that we're gonna find out uh shortly here but and then matt is gonna say okay these are the ratings from Madden and execs and coaches and stuff. And, and Matt's going to give his own top 10 rating on the back end as well, which I, I think is going to be really, really interesting. All right. So here we go. Um, Madden ratings. No surprise. Justin Jefferson, number one. He's also number one in the Jeremy Fowler article as well. Uh, then everything just starts to diverge from there. From Madden's point of view, it's Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup is your top five. Uh, Jamar Chase is outside your top five at six, which I found to be surprising. Our guy, Nuke Hopkins, who we broke down uh, in yesterday's show. Oh, my goodness. He, he's all the way up there at number seven, which I was a little bit surprised to see. Uh, And that's according to the Madden ratings. And then, okay, so then we go to the Jeremy Fowler ratings here, okay, the the rankings. Justin Jefferson, like I mentioned, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase goes from outside the top five to number three among those folks who are closer to the game. Tyreek at four, Cooper Cup still in the top five. Stephon Diggs outside the top five at number six. Wait a second now. Where was Stephon Diggs in the Madden ratings? Four. Oh, four. Okay, good. All right. I was going to say, well, I, I thought we had a, a crazy oversight here. All right. So we, we've got, you know, generally a, a top five ish. What were your kind of takeaways here? Uh, seeing the top five or six players? 
I think this is pretty standard uh, for for top six. You know, a lot of overlap uh, with with obviously just full overlap with the names there. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that that's probably the top six on my list too. Although I'd make a case for a guy that Madden has a little lower is a top six contender here. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is your list. I think I think it makes sense. Obviously, Justin Jefferson number one. I think he's I think he's got to be number one at this point just because there's so I mean, there's there's in addition to him being good at everything. He yeah. is also like an, an elite route runner, elite separator. He's also explosive down the field. He draws in so much, so much extra defensive attention. You know, I say on the show all the time that double coverage is a little bit over overstated. Uh, not really as much with Justin Jefferson, who really gets a lot of that extra defensive <laughs> attention, and right. um, I think has become a transformative talent already in the NFL. I personally think you know Devonte Adams is is still. I think he's still in the conversation, in the discussion for for best receiver in the NFL. So um, I, I think him as a top three guy makes sense. Yeah, to me, I think it just it all makes sense here. Where like these guys is the clear top six in the league. We also get caught up too, right? And and this is of course it just makes a lot of sense. But like production matters, right? So mm-hmm. it, the the more yards you rack up, the more touchdowns you rack up the more eyeballs you get on you, right? And the more eyeballs you get on you, all of a sudden, you know, uh, your, your Madden ratings seem to go up a little bit. You know, your uh, your peers think of you in a different light as well. That's kind of where your work is a little bit divergent. Not a little bit. It's really divergent uh, from sometimes the production aspect of it. Because again, I think your point of view, right? Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, is yeah, if you can ball, you get out there and you get open, right? But then, mm-hmm. But then what? <laughs> do you have right. the quarterback to get you the ball? Do you have the offense? Is it a healthy offensive environment to get you touchdowns, right? Like, do you have play callers that are getting you in the right spots or getting other receivers in the right spots? You know what I mean? We talk about, we break down Baltimore all the time and, and bang on their route concepts where those two guys are in the same spots all the time. Like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of moving parts, especially when we're talking about 11 on 11 football. hundred percent. And I think that, yeah, obviously that's what I'm trying to do with perception perception i think these guys all have a really good setup of they're great at getting open all all six of these guys to different levels you know if you're just looking at the nfl sortable database from this year and you're looking at success rate versus man coverage like yeah steph diggs is up there at number one justin jefferson at number uh two aj brown at number four and Devonte adams uh, excuse me, AJ Brown three and Devontae Adams four. And we know Cooper Cup has the second highest success rate versus zone coverage ever recorded from his previous year. You know, Tyree kills a great man press beater. But I think all of these guys are then also uh, in, and, and Jamar Chase mixed in here too, not quite as high overall from a success rate standpoint, but we know that he runs incredibly difficult vertical routes and still is you know 75.3 percent success rate versus man 80.5 percent success rate versus zone 80.2 percent against press he's a great separator and we know he runs a lot of those vertical routes he's run nine routes this is his most commonly run route the last year so i think all these guys are in a situation where they're excellent to great or elite to excellent separators but they're also in a position where their talents are being 
maximized by quarterback play. You know, maybe we'll see. We'll see what Devonte Adams this year, right? We talked about him on on the last episode, right. but um, I still think he was put in a position last year to be maximized from a production standpoint. And probably with all these guys, Adams notwithstanding, that's probably the case this year too. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised to see Madden throwing um, DeAndre Hopkins up so high uh, at number seven. Yeah, that, that one that one surprised me a little bit. Uh, that's fine. But hey, for according to Madden, uh, clocking in at number eight was Terry McLaurin ahead of A.J. Brown. Uh, I'll just go through eight through ten here. Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, Omari Cooper was number ten. Just outside the top ten was C.D. Lamb. I feel like Matt's going to have a thought on that. Uh, and then when you go to the wide receiver rankings, uh, according to Jeremy Fowler's article, again, this is execs, coaches, and scouts. Um, you know, six was Stefan Diggs, seven was AJ Brown, eight was DK Metcalf, nine was Terry McLaurin, um, New Hopkins nowhere, you know, not even mentioned in the top 10, didn't even have honorable mention votes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, he got additional, like he was in the additional vote section. That's how far down uh, DeAndre Hopkins was. So that's a, a, a big time differential uh, between these two rankings here. Uh, but Matt, what, what are your some, some of your takeaways outside the top five? Uh, now we're looking at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Well, the first thing that stood out to me was, you know, Terry McLaurin top 10 in both lists. Let's go. Let's Come go. On. I mean, is, let's is, go. Have we won? Did we win? Did we win the wars? As I guess so. I mean, Terry, freaking so. Pro Bowler last year, top ten Crazy. receiver in Madden, and top Crazy. ten receiver according to coaches, execs, and and GMs. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that was really. I mean, just it's great for Terry, who you know by all accounts, hard worker, great guy, is like basically Ron Rivera called him the face of the franchise. You know, for Washington, like an example, like the example of what they want. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, change the tide going forward for Washington, more Terry McLaurin's less Dan Snyder's, you know? Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that right. that's yeah. a great, gr uh, that was great. I love to see that just because I think it's very validating for who he is as a player. And I think mm -hmm. he deserves, like, I think that that is the biggest pushback that people on the outside, non-reception perception subscribers are gonna be like Terry McLaurin, yeah. but no, I think he is among this group of guys, I think if That's he great. was in a position like a like these those guys we talked about, like Diggs and and Adams and Hill and Jefferson, he could play in that type of role. I'm convinced. And so yeah, I don't think he's a top five receiver in the NFL, but he mm -hmm. is definitely in the top ten. He's squarely in in my top ten that we're going to go over later on. I, I thought that was just incredibly validating because he does it all too. You know, he runs great routes. He's a great technician. He makes right. a high degree of difficulty catches. He separates at all three levels and he offers explosive play potential too. So really anything that you want a number one wide receiver to do, Terry McLaurin's going to do it. So I, I do love seeing him in the top 10. I think from the Madden rankings perspective, you know, having him as the number one receiver in the NFC East is going to catch some attention because I do look for all the virtues I just extolled of Terry McLaurin. I think AJ Brown's right. a better player. I think I think yeah. AJ Brown. I'm going to have him ranked over one guy that's that's in the top five for both lists. I have him ranked yeah. ahead because I think AJ Brown's that good. So, but the the CD Lamb thing. Look, I for, let me say one for CD Lamb outside the top ten in the Madden rankings. I don't get that. Uh, no. I think CD Lamb is a top ten receiver, but I do think you can form an argument that he is 
the third best receiver when you're looking at A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin and, and CeeDee Lamb. Look, it's really hard to compare those three guys because they all actually play really different roles. They, right. you know, uh, We talked about Terry McLaurin is a true number one outside X receiver. A.J. Brown's a number one receiver, but he was playing like a lot of flanker and some slot last year. And then C.D. Lamb is like, he Everywhere. plays all three positions, yeah. but he is primarily a slot receiver. Uh, but I don't think that that means he can't win in other spots. I just think they maximize him really well in the slot. So I, and, and I, I just can't square. Look, I, I got other nice things about Amari Cooper out last episode. So if you want to hear nice Amari Cooper things, go back to I can't. He's not a top 10 receiver in the league. I don't know how Madden got on that one. Yeah. Uh, and, and over over CeeDee Lamb, I mean, Amari Cooper wishes he had as good of a season as CeeDee Lamb uh, had last year. And even if Amari right. Cooper had his best year last year, he's a, such an inconsistent player. And CeeDee Lamb has been – like metronomically consistent through three years, you know, 72.5% success rate versus man as a rookie, 80% versus press. Well, he goes up to 76.8% and 75.6% against man coverage in 21 and 22. Yeah. I, I think lamb has to be top 10. I think he, I think right around 10 is good. Uh, and, and I think the coaches got that one right. So Terry McLaurin is one of uh, just two players to record at least 1100 receiving yards on 120 or fewer targets, uh, just kind of giving you an idea of his explosiveness, right? So he averaged 15.47 yards per reception, uh, only saw 120 targets in that offense, caught 77 balls for 1191. So that, that was pretty good. Um, you know, the, the thing that is confusing to me about the CD Lamb versus Amari Cooper debate, um, it's interesting, right? Like, first of all, uh, CD lamb plays for, you know, one of the more, more popular teams in the NFL in, in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so you would think that would give him a little bit of cachet there. And then on top of that, CD lamb had more receptions, more yards, a higher catch rate than, you know, Amari Cooper. So even if we're just going on, just counting stats, CD lamb outperformed Amari Cooper, right? So where are we? I, and, and again, you, you go back to the charting data and obviously CD Lamb, uh, a much better player overall than Amari Cooper as well. So I, I guess I'm just confused by this one. Yeah, I, I am too. And, and I think part of the reason that the Cowboys were like so okay letting go of Amari Cooper. And look, they, they, they misread the market. They shouldn't have done they, they, they shouldn't whiffed. have done that for what they did. That was a mistake. Right. But part of it was that they, they believed that CD Lamb was going to step up and be like a true number one receiver last year I think he already was the true number one in 2021 mm -hmm. but I think from like like you said production standpoint he was going to take that kind of leap and he did and I, and I think that that he he showed that he was a better player I think last year than than Amari Cooper is um at his peak and I think CeeDee Lamb is still growing and still developing so to me yeah I, I don't really look we're picking nits over one or rank here I mean right like CeeDee Lamb is a 90 in Madden and Amari Cooper is a 91 <laughs> but even still I mean look I like I said Amari Cooper had a great year last year he had the best year of his career there are you know other receivers still, ranked lower yeah. it, you know it, like CeeDee Lamb better Mike Evans better Debo Samuel I think you can make an argument Debo Samuel is a better receiver than Amari Cooper Tyler Lockett is ranked lower in Madden I think he's definitely a better receiver than Amari Cooper is so yeah I, I think that one's probably the most curious and obviously deandre hopkins yeah i think that that in madden is is a lifetime achievement uh, award there um, yeah probably so I, yeah i think it, it, it's a, he's a tough one to rank right because he has been the he's been an elite receiver 
but I think he is starting to, to fall off where he's not bad, but he just, is, he just, I don't think he belongs in the top 10 of right. any ranking here and on the, on the coaches one. Uh, I was definitely struck by DK Metcalf at eight. Uh, yeah. not that, not that I am like pissed or I think that's awful. I don't personally have DK as a top 10 receiver. I think he's just going to, just going to be outside that ranking. And, you know what I'm going to say, James, and everybody knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's just tough to square with the fact that, okay, you're going to have him eighth overall. Yep, and, yep, yep, and, yep. and Tyler Lockett was Straight not even in player. the honorable mentions. He's in the right. additional votes category. Like he got votes, but not enough to be honorable mention here in, in the Jeremy Fowler article. And I think right. he's been a better player over the last three seasons than DK Metcalf has been. And I'm not taking shots at DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett has just been that good. So it's like, can we really say that DK Metcalf is the eighth best receiver in the NFL when he's been at best a 1A, but I think more a 1B to uh, Tyler Lockett in Seattle? That's my, that's my pushback there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it was interesting to see him get that credit because he's a very good player is DK Metcalf. Uh, counting stats wise, DK Metcalf did slightly outperform Tyler Lockett on the season, but remember he did play one more game, uh, than Tyler Lockett. So DK Metcalf with, uh, 90 receptions versus 84 for Tyler Lockett, uh, 1,048 receiving yards versus 1,033 for Tyler Lockett. Nine oh, touchdowns for Tyler Lockett and six touchdowns for DK Metcalf. But again, from a per game basis, though, Tyler Lockett did outperform DK Metcalf on pretty much any and every you know counting stat that you want to that you want to throw out there. I'll even say this: the the catch rate, 64 percent catch rate for DK Metcalf and a seventy two percent catch rate for Tyler Lockett. By the way, seventy two percent catch rate for Tyler Lockett. That's just, nuts. That's a freaking bonkers, man. <laughs> like, come on, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. like, think about the, the routes that this guy's running. Uh, it's just, how do you catch 72% of those passes? That's insane. Uh, you're, you're a stud. You're, you're a stud. That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, I think Lockett's closer to my, like I said, he's closer to my top 10 than, uh, than, than Amari Cooper is certainly than, um, than Deandre Hopkins. Some of those guys, uh, I think he's closer to my top 10 than some of the guys that are in the honorable mention category for um, for the Jeremy Fowler ESPN article. I understand that it's tough if I'm sitting here saying like, what are this? That's another thing too. It's like, these are supposed to be the top 10 receivers going into the season. Mm -hmm. And that is a little difficult because obviously Tyler Lockett's older. DK Metcalf is like of the youngest, youngest yeah, of mm -hmm. the receivers drafted in 2019, he hasn't even turned um, 26 yet. He's still 25 years old. So right. uh, you, you think he's probably still either in ascending or at, at worst squarely in his prime. Right. Lockett has not shown us any signs that he's slowing down, but it is just obviously worth mentioning when we're talking about older receivers. Is that a thing to be concerned about? Yeah. Tyler Lockett uh, going into his age 31 season and DK Metcalf going into his age 26 season. But as you mentioned, he's not going to be 26 till way late in the season. Like um, December, literally December. Right, 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 right. So he'll practically be 25 his entire uh, this upcoming season as well. So no, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's interesting stuff, man. Um, all right. So we go back to, to the list now. Um, Terry McLaurin, like we said, um, inside both parties, top 10, which was 
so interesting because we just had a whole whole episode about underrated wide receivers. I know. Maybe, like I said, I think we won. Maybe we don't need to say this anymore. <laughs> Maybe he's not underrated. I don't know. Well, pretty, he's still. I think it's because we do so much fantasy stuff, and and like I said on that episode, uh, that people are, you know, like rolling their eyes about you know, like this guy performs like an elite player against man and press coverage, and like he he's a top ten receiver. You just don't know because the stats and people are like we well, scores four to five touchdowns each of the last years. So, well, yeah, he plays for Washington. What do you want him to do? <laughs> What do you want him to, to to make? You can't pull a touchdown out of your ass. You know, it's like right, I right. Deontay Johnson, extreme example with the zero touchdowns. It's like, yeah, the Steelers yes. threw like 11 touchdowns all year long. Right. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Can't believe you didn't get it. I can't believe you didn't get eight. Uh, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> does, I think that's where I think it's because we're in the fantasy stuff so much. That's where Terry is still um, really just never going to be maximized, probably playing in Washington, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the I think the the media clippings too. You know, you don't see a lot of Terry McLaurin media clippings. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Anyways, all right. Yeah. So let's go outside the top ten. CD Lamb is number eleven in terms of uh, what we got here for Madden ratings, uh, tied with Mike Evans. So CD Lamb, Mike Evans, eleven, twelve, basically tied. Uh, and then Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen at fourteen, and then rounding out the top fifteen is D or excuse me, uh, Tyler Lockett. Um, I'm looking on this list. I actually don't see DK Metcalf on the top 15 Madden rating. So, um, so yeah, but they do obviously have Tyler Lockett ahead of DK. Maybe they got that part of it right. Then you go to the Jeremy Fowler article. Um, and, you know, we just went through number nine, Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb at number 10. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Honorable mentions now, okay? 
Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, T. Higgins, honorable mention, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith. Um, listen, uh, I know you love yourself, T. Higgins. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of T. Higgins, too. Uh, I know you don't think I'm as high as I need to be on T. Higgins, uh, <laughs> but I do like T. Higgins. I like T. Higgins a lot. Uh, but uh, it is a little bit surprising to see him uh, in this honorable mention group, for me anyways, uh, especially when you take a look at some of the other players uh, on this list. Yeah, I think that they pretty clearly grouped all of these like number two 1B receivers, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the T. Higgins, the Jalen Waddle, the Devontae Smith. Um, I think that might need to go in the other way in terms of the order there. Devontae Smith, I think, is the best player of those three. And then T. Higgins mm-hmm. and Jalen Waddle is a little closer to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I kind of get their standpoint there. I, I'm honestly, I'm surprised he wasn't top 10, but I think they, they, uh, not, not that I think he's a top 10 receiver as T Higgins, but I think generally that is how the Bengals group is discussed. Uh, mm. and, and I was a little surprised to not see him uh, pushing the top 10. Whereas I think guys like, like, I think DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin are better players than T Higgins. And I think some other national outlets might not agree with me on that. Right. Uh, so I was, I was a little surprised to see that. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, he's he's high on both these lists here, just outside the top 10. And I think if I was doing my top 10 rankings heading into last year, Mike Evans is for sure a top 10 receiver. But as mm-hmm. I stand here right now, I think he's probably closer to 15 for me than he is to 10. Uh, if and And that's tough because Mike Evans has been a dog. You know, he's oh, yeah. been a, oh, yeah. a oh, yeah. guy and, and and he's been great. He's I think he's been one of the most underrated separators because he's great as in contested catch guy, but he's been really good against man press coverage. I think we saw a bit of a step back last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at his reception perception profile. It's certainly he's running a lot of vertical routes, almost too many vertical routes with the Tom Brady getting rid of the ball, in like two seconds, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, behind a bat off. It's a line too many vertical routes, uh-huh. but I think he we we might be in like the first stages of the Mike Evans is is a really good but no longer great player. Uh, so I I think he's just a tough guy to rank too. I think he's better than New Hopkins right now, but those guys are both kind of in the same range of all right. Are they closer to like fifteen twenty than you know eight to ten where they would have been a year ago now? Um, so he's someone that struck me there. Mike Evans too did have to kind of sort of battle through some injuries, minor, you know, nicks and bruises. Yeah. Yeah. Hamstring type stuff. And and if you think about, especially the hamstring for what he does for what he does, Matt, uh, that's, that's a tough injury to fight through. Um, so, you know, I don't, it doesn't totally surprise me to see that maybe he did struggle a little bit, uh, in 2022, Mike Evans, 15 games played, 127 targets, 77 receptions, a 60.6% uh, catch rate, 11.24 through the air, and six touchdowns. Man, his consecutive streak of 1,000 plus yards, man, it's absolutely bananas. Absolute craziness. And I know he's going for it again, obviously, uh, in 2023. And I think that would set the record, would it not? I think he actually already has the record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, for consecutive thousand-yard seasons to start his career, good luck to <laughs> yeah. him this year. <laughs> Who's going to throw him the ball? Baker, Contra? I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see oh my God, uh, what happens no. in Tampa Bay. It could get a. I was struck too sure. that Garrett Wilson immediately in the honorable mention group. Um, true, true. 
I look, I'm a little, it's hard when form. And like I said, I, I want to put rankings up on the site, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. it's hard. Look, this is a, the hardest position. I think one of the hardest positions to rank in the NFL, which is probably why Jeremy Fowler saved this one for, um, last, uh, I think, I think it's the last one, or at least like running backs have been done. Quarterbacks have been done. I think mm-hmm. tight ends have been done. Uh, a lot of defensive positions, you know, defensive tackle has been done. Yep. I think this might be the last or close to the last. Cause it's really difficult. And I think people can have really legitimate disagreements about these. So I do think it's really tough to rank again. It's tough to rank a guy like Mike Evans or Deandre Hopkins against a Garrett Wilson and a Chris Olave. Olave, by the mm-hmm. way, is in the additional votes group, and uh, right. I think I think he should be in the honorable mention. I think you can make an argument that he's better than Garrett Wilson. Um, so, I, I it, it's tough because it's like I don't. I, I where am I go- like? Who would I rather have? I would kind of rather have one of those younger guys, just because I kind of know where they're going from an upward trajectory standpoint. But to you, it seems crazy to say I'm going to have Garrett Wilson over Mike Evans in my lit in my rankings or. I'm going to have Chris Olave over DeAndre Hopkins in my rankings, but I kind of feel that way. And the real tough thing, that, Matt, that's not crazy at all. I mean, again, this is not a lifetime achievement award. We're not talking about who's had the better career. We're not talking about, you know, who would you, whose career would you rather have? We're talking about in 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023, who would you rather have Nuke Hopkins or Garrett Wilson? Come on now. Give me Garrett Wilson. Yeah, give me, I mean, give a, me Garrett a, a freakier sure. athlete. He's he's obviously popping open for plays. Catch rate was terrible, but again, the qu- worst quarterback situation in the NFL. You know, now he's got Aaron Rodgers. Sign me up, baby. I, Garrett Wilson is going to absolutely eat in 2023. He's going to go freaking crazy. He's going off in 2023, man. Garrett Wilson uh, is is that dude. So I think actually the harder exercise is not ranking Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave against those guys. It's actually ranking Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave against Jalen Waddle or T. Higgins or Devontae mm-hmm. Smith because right. it's just we've seen those guys do it and who they are in the NFL for two years. Yeah. Um, I, and, and that's a big and, difference, man. And that's a big difference, but like <laughs> the, the rookie year for Garrett Wilson and the rookie year for Chris Olave were better than anything that T Higgins has done in the NFL. I, I think personally <laughs> based on reception perception and based on that, but it's like, it's one year they're rookies. Does, is that the best that they can do? Are they topped out? Is there more that they can do? That's actually, I think the hardest like ranking here. And, and do you want to be conservative and, because I think I'd put some of those guys in like the superstar territory that we've talked about before. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I mean, can you put a rookie in the soup? No, I think like a guy going into his second year is like trying to make the case that he should be in that superstar yeah. tier for like a Garrett Wilson. And I think you'll make that case. I think both those guys are going to make that case. He'll be awesome this year, but I think you have to see him make it first. Um, yeah. So th- those are, I think actually the sneaky toughest guys to rank there. And um, you know, like I said, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins uh, are all kind of – I think you can use your imagination and imagine them as top targets on their team, but I think the coaches and executives kind of put them behind a couple guys in Metcalf and, and, and McLaurin who are you know more closer to number ones. By the way, the one thing I'll say about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave is, yeah, obviously they had phenomenal rookie years, uh, and, and I've just got done saying I think Garrett Wilson is going to go supernova – um, in 2023. Okay. Now if I could argue against myself for just a little bit here. Okay. I mean, I get it too. Defensive coordinators are going to adjust. 
they've got more game tape now. They know what it's going to take to stop some of these guys. They know what some of their tendencies are. They know what they like to do. These defensive coordinators, man, I'm telling you, they're smart guys, man. They know how to take away what you like to do, but can you keep doing that? I think they will be able to keep keep doing what they're what they like to do. Um, just because you can't stop, you know, certain things. Uh, Garrett Wilson, you, you can't stop that freaky athleticism in addition to the to the route running, in addition to now throwing in Aaron Rodgers. You, you can't stop that, right? But the th- there stuff, is something yeah. to be – yeah, there. but there is something to be said about that, right? Like defensive coordinators are going to try to game plan to take away some of your strengths. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly, uh, uh, an interesting list here. Uh, I'll go to the, to the Jeremy Fowler, uh, additional votes here. These are guys that were not in the top 10. were not honorable mention. These were just additional votes. Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Interesting. Yeah, aggressive. <laughs> that's, that's aggressive. I, I like projecting, but I, even I think that's aggressive. Uh, Amari Cooper was in the additional votes. Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore. Interesting as well. New Hopkins, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, additional ah, votes, Mike <laughs> Williams. Interesting. Okay. And then Chris Godwin also got an additional vote there. Mike Williams though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect to Mike Williams, but that was the first name that I was like, uh, I don't know no. about that. I don't know that Mike <laughs> Williams has ever, I don't even know that Mike Williams has ever been the best receiver on his own team. Oh, period like period uh and, and i look you could obviously say that with some of the other guys on this list too like come on bro i i don't know i i don't think i don't think mike williams has ever been a number one receiver let's put it that way and i think that a lot of those other guys that are second fiddle on their team could be number one receivers and and i i it's like the mike williams thing is so weird because like i remember a couple years ago when people talked about mike williams like he was garbage and then uh it was like no he's not he actually is a pretty good pretty good player and now it's like we've swung so far the other way. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. I, that seems I odd. Know. That seems I mean, odd. Look, I think. DJ, well, go ahead. I mean, Matt, I mean, let's think about this here. Okay. We're talking about they just drafted a guy um, in Quentin Johnson. Even the Chargers are telling you Mike Williams is not that bad boy. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. That, that was a that was an interesting one. Uh, to see him get an additional vote there. All right, so that's uh, that's the 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 list from Jeremy Fowler's group and from Madden. So we get to our guy. Drum roll. Let's go. Top ten. Matt Harmon, give it to me. All right. Top ten. Like I said, I'm working on these for for the website. I'm hoping to actually post them. Um, and you know there'll be tiers involved in all this. You know, it's not a Matt Harmon ranking if there's no tiers. But how uh, dare you? Number just number give, one. Just give me the numbers, Matt. Just give me no, the no. Numbers. Here now, I'm just going to give you the numbers. But the version <laughs> on the site will have tiers and context <laughs> and all that nonsense. Uh, but just for here context. for the podcast, okay, number good. one, I do think is yes. Justin Jefferson. I think right. he's graduated to that i think he belongs as a top 10 receiver in the nfl and he is i mean just pure just goodness at everything great great Mm -hmm. separator big time vertical threat he's number one number two is Devontae adams still to me i think Devontae adams is we talked about him on the last episode he's still an elite separator against man press coverage true number one can't talk about him with aaron Rodgers anymore he rocks number three I mm, this is juggled, where it gets dicey. Let's go. I juggled this one a lot um, between Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs. 
I ultimately, <laughs> I ultimately went with Stefan Diggs, and I don't think people are going to be too too surprised by that. Um, you know, elite separator versus man press coverage, you know, the deal he's, uh, the best route runner in the NFL, or at least he's got to be only ranked in terms of route running with Jefferson and Adams, you know, he's, he's right there. So I went with Diggs, Tyree kill. I think I could, if you want to put him three, you put him three, I've got him at four. Um, he's another great route runner, but an elite speed threat. Number five, another spot that I juggled a lot, but I ultimately went with Jamar chase at number five. I think, the, the separation stats I read off earlier where he's been over 75%, over 80% success rate versus press end zone last year while running nine routes this is his most commonly run route, getting double covered a ton, a ton last year. He's, he's, he's an alpha. I think he deserves to be five. Yep. I've got, I've got AJ Brown at six. I've got AJ okay. Brown at six because uh, he's another guy that has been top five in success rate versus man press coverage each of the last three years in reception perception. Took a step against zone coverage last year. Um, Ross Tucker was on the show with us and yep. talked about how I think more people know now that he's a great go route runner and a great uh, contested receiver. Uh, and then number seven, I have Cooper Cup. And I do think this is where those are the elite guys. To me, it's a drop-off then to like superstar number ones next. And look, the reason I have Cooper Cup here, the funny thing, the funny thing about ranking Cooper Cup here and people having pushback on it is that okay. if you had Cooper Cup ranked as like your number seven receiver heading into the 2021 season, people would have been like, Freaked What out. crack, what crack are you right. smoking? And now if you yes. don't have him top five, you will look like an idiot. But my only thing <laughs> with Cooper Cup, my only thing with Cooper Cup here, and I think Cooper Cup's yeah. great, like I said second best success rate versus zone coverage ever charted in reception perception the year he went nuts. I think that Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, and A.J. Brown could play and thrive and be awesome in Cooper Cup's role. I am not convinced that Cooper Cup could play in those six guys' role because right. it's very different than his and be the same player. So that's why I have him as my last of the elite guys. Number eight is Terry McLaurin for me. Uh, I'm, Wait, I'm real with, quick. I, let me go back. Let me go back okay. to the Cooper cup thing. Okay. So, um, I, I I'm just going to throw some gasoline onto this fire. Okay. Um, I love Cooper cup. I love what he's done. Okay. But remember we're talking about the top 10 players going into 2023. Yes. Yes. Okay. So he's coming off of a major injury. Also, I was surprised, but you know, he's only cracked a thousand yards two times in his career. Now, obviously, yeah. he would have got to easily got to a thousand yards last year, but he had an injury. Okay, but that injury now factors into 2023. But again, he's only cracked a thousand yards two times in six years in the NFL. He's only cracked six touchdowns two times in six years in the NFL as well. Both of those years, obviously, uh, one was the, the triple crown year where he just went absolutely bonkers in 2021. And then in 2019, he had a really great season as well, where he had 1161 through the air and 10 touchdowns. So when we're talking about uh, to, to your point where if you ranked Cooper Cup in your top five going into 2021, people thought, OK, you're crazy. It's because of that. Right. Because he didn't have the production really uh, to, to kind of sort of back up that ranking. And and again, when you go into 2023, I'm just saying, I don't know what this offense is going to look like. You know, we're, we're hoping we, we think Sean McVay will figure it out. We think Stafford's going to be healthier. We think Cooper Cup's going to be healthier, but we don't know. We don't know. So I, I think him being here uh, is actually is actually respectful 
of Cooper mm. Cup at seven. I, I almost think I'd almost rather have him a little slightly lower, maybe like nine or ten. Yeah, I get it. I, I do think that he showed last year, too, that he was just like on the same pace, though, that he of what he was going to be. Was, but I get your, your sure. point about the injury. That's that's certainly one to bring up. It's just, yeah, it is it's funny how the tides have changed so mm-hmm. drastically on Cooper Cup. But I do think his play on the field the last two years backs up being grouped in this in this territory now, uh, I think. Again, it's just I'm not going to have him one, two, three, four, five or anything like that. I, I think. Right. I think if you want to put him ahead of A.J. Brown, or uh, I think it's fine, but I'm going to personally put A.J. Brown uh, one spot higher. Terry McLaurin, I'm going to have at eight, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, yep. Terry McLaurin's awesome. I love Terry McLaurin, and he is a true number one receiver through and through, downfield vertical threat, st- a yep, star. Yep. He is he is a star. We know the deal with Terry McLaurin. You subscribe to Reception Perception, you know the deal with Terry McLaurin. Madden knows ball, and the, scout, <laughs> the coaches and scouts and executives – they all know ball. They talk to Jeremy Fowler. Top they 10, know baby. he's a top Let's 10 go. receiver. Let's I guess go. we can get – we win the Terry McLaurin Wars uh, here yes, at Perception did. Perception. Nine, I'm going to have CeeDee Lamb. Um, I think CeeDee Lamb is – you know, he is not a slot-only player. If you criticize CeeDee Lamb for being a slot-only player and then you don't talk about Cooper Cup, uh, you're maybe being a little disingenuous. Uh, yes. I think CeeDee Lamb, he could play – X receiver if the Cowboys wanted him to. He could play flanker receiver if the Cowboys wanted him to. They just do mm-hmm. a lot of slot stuff with him to maximize him. You know, he's been incredibly consistent against man press coverage, as I mentioned earlier. I think CeeDee Lamb here. 10 is where it's hard. 10 Ooh, is hard. Okay, okay. And there's a lot of different directions you can go. We talked about the lifetime achievement guys like Hopkins and Evans. I don't think – or Keenan Allen. I don't think belong here anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough with these second fiddle types like T. Higgins and Jalen Waddell and um, and Devontae Smith. And not in that order. I wouldn't put him in that order, but I think I can't really consider them at the top 10 at this point, even though I think all those guys could be number ones if, if, if they really needed to. Okay. I I also think the Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf thing is tough, right? You you know how mm-hmm. I feel about that. Right. Uh, you, you know, do you want to go full reception perception truther and put Brandon Ayuk yes. here? <laughs> you could do that. Do you want to I think Debo deserves to be in the discussion on this fringes. I Amon Ross St. Brown's a name to talk about too, but I don't think really I don't think he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. No, Garrett Wilson, so Chris Olave, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do that. So all that's kind of my contention here for the top 10. And uh, look, I, I'm going to say that I really want to put the two Seahawks guys here, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf here at number 10. Okay. And yeah. look, I'm Tied sorry, up. but Tyler Lockett has been a better has been a better player the last two years. So I'm going to say that you'd go Tyler Lockett slash DK Metcalf as number 10. But Lockett has is the first on the on the on the list. So that's my top ten uh, receivers in the NFL uh, going into this year. Um, look, I mean that's an it's an awesome group. That like I said, eleven to twenty is really hard to rank as well. Eleven so. to twenty, you just mix them all up. You put them in a bag, and then you start talking about roles and what. That's do you why want we have the tiers. The, you know, yeah, that's why eleven we have to twenties. Eleven to twenty is, is just a it's just a grab bag, man. It's it's tough. Jalen Waddle certainly des- deserves something in that conversation, but as you mentioned, you know some of these guys. It just depends on what do you want out of that receiver. You know, do you want a guy that goes up and gets it downfield? Do you want a guy in open space, crazy yak guy? Do you want a guy in the slot? Then then Amon Ross St. Brown's your guy. You know, like what do you want, man? Do you want a first down maker? That's Amon Ross St. Brown. 
You know, you want a yak guy, that's 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 going to be, you know, Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean? So uh, it, there's certainly roles that these guys uh, will play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Outside of the top 10, uh, but at, at I would say up until this year, really, Keenan Allen probably would certainly be flirting with the top 10 uh, ranking from our guy Matt Harmon here. Uh, but in 10 games in 2022, he had 89 targets, 66 receptions, 752 yards, four touchdowns, a very impressive 74% catch rate. Averaging nearly nine targets per game with 6.6 receptions and 75 yards per contest. Keenan Allen, interesting profile, Matt. And for those of you who don't go to the site that often, receptionperception.com, I don't know, Matt, you probably spend what, like 500 to 600 words per profile? I felt like you you might have cracked 1K on this Keenan Allen profile because you had a lot to say. I did have a lot to say. It's actually funny when we did the. Uh... I intro call, I think with Derek Klassen when I talked to him about like how to, how long to write profiles and stuff like that. I yeah. said that usually you want the profile to be between 500 and 600 words. And if you're a reader, 500, 600, that's, that's, that's feels, where you want to see right. me write, write about yeah. a guy because it's like, okay, he had just enough to say to be really complimentary. Um, if it's less than 500, if I got in, in and out too fast, that's probably not, that was probably the DJ Chark profile. No, it's not what you want. <laughs> and, and, but if I go, if I start to go over 600 and this was, I think 880 was the word count okay. on the Keenan Allen one. Yeah, and yeah. that's cause it's like, Ooh, he felt like he needed to explain or like George Pickens, like, Ooh, we feel like he really needed to clarify a few things or, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Traylon Burks or Christian Watson. Like, let me t- try to, try to tell you how this is really going here not what the fantasy adp is telling you or something like that so um yeah man keenan allen i think look he is one of the and i agree with you last year he would have been a top 10 receiver heading into the year no question i think he has been the most underrated superstar receiver in the nfl um i said in the profile he's like kind of your favorite receiver's favorite receiver uh, and I remember having a conversation with Jamar Chase back at the Super Bowl where we were just going on and on about how good Keenan Allen is and how, you know, why he doesn't get the respect that he, he has not gotten the respect he deserves. But I am a little officially concerned that we're in the early stages of, 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 of a decline here for Keenan Allen. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at his reception perception results from uh, just against man coverage uh, from 2015 to 2020, 
like I said, metronomically consistent. 76.6% was the floor in that stretch. 77.3% was the ceiling. I mean, that is right there, consistent yeah. and, and excellent. Above the 90th percentile every single time. Um, he has four seasons north of 78% success rate versus press. Multiple elite seasons against zone coverage on his career resume. Yeah. So last season, well, in 2021, when he slips from 77.3% success rate versus man in 2020, and then 74.2% in 2021, and and his press scores lower, his zone scores a little lower. It's like, okay, it's a blip. You know, that's a, am I really going to lose my mind about a 3% drop? Not necessarily, but I'm going to at least keep my eye on it. Yeah. And then when you see Keenan Allen in 2022 check in with a 66.9% success rate versus man coverage, now the alarm bells are really going off. Now I'm con- now I'm concerned, right? So we're um, talking about we're talking about man coverage scores that have gone down for three consecutive years or yeah, so we're going from 2020 to 2021 gets lower and then a a, a real big drop off, Matt, from 2021 to 2022. As a matter of fact, we're talking 10 points off from from two years ago that is a huge drop off it's a big drop off and it's just it's coincides with his his age and everything like that and yeah like we're, we're going from a guy who has been over the 90th percentile in every season of his career now he's at the 41st from last year uh in 2022 not really where you want and like you know 66.9 percent is not disastrous 79.7 percent success rate versus zone is far from disastrous that's like a that's a that's like above average that's pretty that's good but I just think it's worth note his press coverage scores really went off the went off the rails fifty eight point eight percent on only seventeen attempts. The Chargers did a good job getting him against uh, zone coverage and stuff like that. I just think when you watched Keenan Allen last year and like I know what he did in the box score, okay, I don't care. It, like watch him play, and I think you see a guy who look was really rough the first four games in his reception perception sample off that hamstring injury that he like kind of yep. had a setback with took forever he played right. better the longer he was on the field so I do want to put that caveat out there that the success rates were really bad and then started to normalize like in the final four games of that eight game sample so there's an injury caveat here but I think regardless, we're at the point now with Keenan Allen where I'm not saying he's – I'm absolutely not saying he's toast or he's done or anything like that. But I am thinking that his skill set is is changing, it's narrowing, and um, I think we're looking at a guy who needs a pretty like specific role now to thrive going forward. That's interesting. Uh, when, you t- when you pop on his um, reception perception data, it- it's the stuff over the top, Matt, that uh, – I think just absolutely completely and utterly came crashing down. Right. So we're talking Mm -hmm. 75% success rate uh, on the nine routes in 2020. Then it goes from 75 to 64, 39% success rate on the nine route in 2022. I mean, that is not a correction. That's just an absolute bottom falling out. And, and again, you bring up the injury. He got injured week one with that hamstring and then got injured in the middle of the season. Again, re-injuring, uh, the hamstring as well. When you start talking about hamstrings, that's certainly going to hurt uh, your nine route score. And it's not like this guy was a burner at, at any point right. in his career either. And I think you're right. He's never been a burner, but if you're already 10% behind the field from a vert, from a speed standpoint, and then you lose another 10%, that's, I think the concern there. Um, 
I think what I wrote in the profile is that it's we've seen a small erosion from him in the short to intermediate routes, but a complete evaporation of any ability to separate downfield based on his 2022 reception perception. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty clearly where we're at. I think we need to see Allen exclusively in the slot because he was really productive last year. Mm. So there is that. I don't think he, like, like I said, he is not done. He's not toast. I don't think he stinks or anything. Right. It's just, we're going to have to see him more in the slot, you know, for his reception perception sample, which was most of his season, by the way, he didn't play it full year. 57.1% of his snaps are in the slot. He was off the line for 65%. I think both of those numbers need to increase by 20 percentage points. We need to see him like closer to 80% in the slot and, you know, almost exclusively 90% off the line, something like that. Um, he did, he didn't face a lot of press last year. Teams didn't really need to press the chargers. Cause, um, who were you? I mean, give me a break. You can just, you can just squat on the five yard routes and you know where <laughs> yeah. things are going there. Yeah, you'll be uh, fine. Exactly. You'll be fine. You'll be uh, fine. Um, but the, the areas where Keenan Allen is still very good. Like I mentioned, his slant route rate, his flat route rate, his curl route success rate, dig route, those are pr still pretty good. And I think he can craft a role with him as a slot receiver on those routes. And he still has great hands, you know, 83.3% yeah, right. contested catch rate. A lot of those big plays he made last year were on contested catches down the field. So he can still do that. And he can, and he has one one point two percent drop rate in his game sampled. I'm like, Crazy. I could see him catching ninety five to hundred balls this year if the offense works out. It's just mm -hmm. that I think really what the Chargers need is they need Mike Williams to be healthy. We talked about Mike Williams; he's not a number one, he's not a superstar, but they need him to be healthy and playing and and dictating things outside. And they really need Quinton Johnston to be ready from the jump to be. Like, all right, we have two verif because like Josh Palmer, he's not a threat as an outside receiver. So you need two no. verifiable threats on the outside to have Keenan Allen be that slot receiver, I think, to get the best out of him going forward. Um, can you talk about his uh success rate versus zone, though? That's I, I think again, when we start talking about okay, this guy needs to kick inside, um, you know, his zone scores were kind of eh. Uh, also we're, we're seeing a little drop off there, right? So a career high in 2018 of 87.5% success rate versus zone, incredibly high, but, uh, that was in 2018 and it's come down every single year since 2018 uh, down to a career, uh, maybe it's not a career low, but a very close to a career low, 79 career low, career low in 21, and then kind of jump back up north okay, to, uh, of where he was in 20 and 21 last year. So close so to 79. Yeah, so close to 80% in 2022. Um but still though, it, it's it's a little it's a lot lower than you'd like to see. 60th percentile zone score in 2022. Yeah, I think it's like good not great or or great not elite uh certainly at this point with Keenan Allen and, and his ability there. It's just anything with like quick twitch motion, stuff like that. He, he's going to have to win on all. You know, it's funny. I, I've always said he kind of has like an old man game. And like, we're really yeah, going to yeah. put that to the test now here. Because I think he is officially <laughs> an old man at the wide receiver position. So right. it's like, yeah, I think he could catch 95 balls. But is the offense going to be good with him catching 95 passes, you know? Or, or is it going to be funneling through a guy who is not an elite zone beater, but kind of has to play right. in the slot at this point. That's why I kind of think the other two receivers really are the key here with Mike Williams and Quinton Johnston for the chargers. Cause I yeah. think Keenan Allen, yeah, he's just not at that point in his career where I think he can be considered a number one receiver, which is a shame because I think he 
has been one of the most underrated, true, legit number one alpha receivers for a long right. time. But I think we have started to see that decline against all forms of, of coverage. But I think his zone coverage score of 79.7% is, yeah, 60th percentile says it right. It's it's good, but it's not great. And I think that's yeah. where we're really going to see need to see those other guys step up. In 2022, Keenan Allen played about 40% of his snaps out wide and about 60% of his snaps inside. Um, it sounds like our guy, Matt Harmon, thinks that percentage needs to go up to like 75 to 80% inside, maybe 20% outside. So we shall see. All right. So it is now time for the option route, Matt. Are you ready? Yeah. I saw you posted the first one from last week and people were all over it on Instagram. So uh, well, yeah, let's first get of all, one of these. Yeah, let's get another one. But first of all, people way too cocky, man. Like last week it was, you know, 10,000 bucks for free or a milli to catch a pass from Patrick Mahomes. And again, you got to line up either outside or in the slot. Okay. I, I, none of these pop passes or whatever. I get it. Okay. We're, we're yeah. Talking. People talking about jet sweeps and like, oh, it counts as a pass. No, it doesn't. No, no. Come on, dude. Come on. All right. We're, we're not Come doing on. these little pops, pop passes. All right. Just stop. Um, anyways. All right. So, uh, and people way too cocky. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just catch a slant route. Bro. bro you're a not slant catching route. a slant route. You're not catching a slant route. Like, yeah. stop it. You know? <laughs> I didn't know. Hey, shout out, shout out to the people listening to our podcast and following you on Instagram. You got some real athletes uh, (laughs) on your feed there. You're not catching a slant route, dog. Like maybe you catch a bubble screen. Maybe. Okay. Uh, But uh, press coverage. I don't know, man. Come on, dude. What's going on? Anyways. All right. Option route this week. A thousand bucks, Matt. Thousand bucks out the gates for free. You get a thousand bucks or. One million dollars, but you got to be somebody's pretend baby (laughs) once a week for five years. So we're talking the full deal, Matt. Like you got to go pee pee poo poo in the diaper. They got to change you up. You're, you're, you're feeding out a bottle for a day. You're doing the whole thing. You're in a stroller. You're in baby clothes. You're doing the whole thing. You're a baby. You're somebody's pretend baby for once a week for five years. What you doing? Yeah, yeah. Just for context, um, James sent me this like uh, <laughs> last night at like nine o'clock Eastern, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's it's so weird," but I love it. I mean, this is the weird. This is so weird. Yo, there's there's no no way. I would just take. I would I would take the thousand bucks and buy myself a plaque that said, "I don't have to pretend to be somebody's baby for." For five years, five years, yeah, five, years. I, five years. Look, there are look there. I'm not going to be. I'm not too proud to say that there are parts of being the pretend baby that I could stomach. Okay, okay. you want to okay. you want to push my fat ass around in a stroller. <laughs> you want to push my big ass around in a stroller. <laughs> okay, I'd do that for a million bucks. Um, I even nope. got a yeah. like a bo- okay. bottle feed. I could yeah, I could feed. probably do that. Okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to shit my <laughs> pants and piss my pants and and some other. By the way, who is this someone? Um, I don't know. Some, do I some, get to some hundred millionaire or something? Some somebody rich? I don't know. Somebody who's got a million yeah. bucks to throw. Some you. creep. Some creep is gonna change my diaper yes, for absolutely. five years. Once a week. Once a week is not a short commitment. Like no, it's if not. You had, no, absolutely. If you not. if you had said like once a month. Or no, once a week, you know, yeah. one, mm-hmm. one day a year, if it was one day a year, all right, 
a well, million that's bucks. A, that's a gimme. Sure. That's yeah. That's easy. That's that's a, that's a gimme. That's easy money. Once a week is a big commitment, and like we're talking so, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, to, for one full day, twenty four hours. You got to just be somebody's. You got to go pee pee poo poo in the diaper. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, our producer Nick just put it in, in our chat. Said it's two hundred and sixty times total over the five years that you have to be two hundred and sixty <laughs> times. You you have to be a baby for a full twenty four hours. We're talking. No. Look, I'm extremely regular. Okay, I'm okay. I, that person is changing my diaper more than once in that in that day. Okay, <laughs> it's tough. I no way, absolutely so, not easy. Give so, me the thousand dollars. Okay, so let me let me put to you another way. Okay, so basically, if we're talking for a five year stretch. Okay, so it's really this guy is paying you. This person is paying. You. It could be a, a gal too, but this person is paying. I'm you. not sure which one is worse. I know, right? Two hundred thousand dollars a year. To basically be a pretend baby. Like that's your job is to be a pretend baby. You're getting paid 200 K. Uh, yeah, and again, because, you get that, by the way, you get that money up front. You get the money up front. Okay. So oh, you get it up front. It, you get it up front. You get it up front. You can't quit no though. Way. Can't quit. No way. Yeah. No way. No way. Uh-uh. I can't do it. I, mean, I saw the, I saw the gears turning though. I, saw I do. Like, well, oh, when you put it know, like, maybe. Oh, it's $200,000. The thing is though. Okay. It's, it's one day a week. You're going to spend yeah, the day other six days in therapy and like <laughs> downing a bottle of bourbon to try to forget this like hellacious nightmare that you set yourself up in. <laughs> no, that's true. No. That's true. No. No way. At the no at way. the end of those five years, like what kind of person will you be? You know, uh, are I, you even a person anymore? No, you might you might start it might start being you know one of them syndromes where like you know you start thinking like you're a baby or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, you're you there all six. You're there all seven days a week. At one point, it's, you got you Stockholm know, syndrome. Exactly. Yo, imagine <laughs> look both both you and I are happily married. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got a good good thing going. Um, I'm not actually, actually now that I'm starting to say this, cause I was going to say like, imagine you were single and like you're uh -huh. going out on a date on one of those yeah. other six days. And, um, yeah. you know, the, the, your, your date there is like, what do you do for a living? <laughs> but I'm, I'm not sure if actually. that's worse than, than me. If I had to say to my current wife or you had to say to your, your current wife and be like, yeah, so I got an offer. Yeah, yeah. So I got this job offer pays really well, pays really good money. Um, I'm going to be a professional baby. <laughs> Dude, I don't, you know what, man? A million dollars, a lot of money though, bro. That's not, that's not a little amount. Um, and I want to say, but it's not a I lot wanna, amount. I mean, it's, well, that, it is a lot, it's, but it, it, it's no, not a right. lot, a lot. It, it's not like, it's not like you could take that Millie and just retire. Like you, right. you can't do that. You know, like you might you have get to sign that up Millie. for another five years. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to get franchise tagged at the end of this. <laughs> so, I mean, again, it's not a little bit. And like, I want to be able to say with pride that I would not do this. You know, I wouldn't. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm not going to be. I got pride. I'm not going to be someone's baby for five years. Were you crazy? That being said, somebody comes up. Someone rolls through with, a, with one of them oversized checks. It says a million on it with my name on it. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say that I would say no to that uh, because, again, I think you make a great point about the mental health. Like, you, dude, you're just going to be a complete just freaking mess at the end of five years. Yeah. You've got, you know, you, 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 it's like, forget about emasculating. 
I don't even know what's the term for what's more than emasculating. This is more than emasculating. Dehuman, you're, you're, you're dehumanizing. It's it's dehumanizing. <laughs> I mean, not that. Look, babies are humans. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I I'm spending a lot of I, the word. The word thing about this is I'm spending a lot of time around a baby now because you know we just moved back east. Like my sister has a as a five yeah, yeah. month year old baby, and right. I'm like I have to do that. No. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just no uh here's the deal james you yeah. can you can do this you can take okay. your lack of pride and you can mm-hmm. do this you can get a okay. million dollars and just invest it back in the business and i'm okay with okay it, but uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to benefit from it but i'd personally like to not let, do let, it so let me tell you right now pal if i end up being <laughs> a professional baby you ain't seeing a damn dime of that you ain't seeing a penny of that my friend let me tell you right I don't. I don't know. Hey, I, let me tell you what. I don't know if I can see you. I don't know if I can come on this stream yard twice a week and <laughs> look you in true. the eye, knowing That's that true. one of the days of the week. How am I supposed to not ask you about your baby life? So, <laughs> um, Gross. yeah, man. I don't know. Anyways, all right. Let let me know what you guys think, man. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. Let Matt know. Uh, do me a favor. Don't think. know. Let me know. Do me a favor. If, you, if you're going to say yes to this, do me a solid and don't let me know. One milli. That's not, I mean, oh man. Anyways, all right, that's the show, man. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening out there. If it's the first time you're catching us, man, uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we apologize. <laughs> like and subscribe to the podcast uh, and follow us on our various social media platforms, uh, mostly on Twitter, though, uh, while Twitter's still alive. It's a it's death spiral, but that's okay. We're still on it. We're going to be good on Twitter. Hashtag save Twitter. Hashtag save Twitter. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right, so there you go. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.